You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. I'm super excited. I don't know if Keddie's Resort, the guest we have on, uh, knows this, but uh, been trying to get Keddie's Resort on this show for a bit because I've heard so much about their music and love their music and heard a bunch about the live shows. Uh, joined here uh, by co-host uh, Aiden Vellante. I'm going to ask you, Aiden, to, to say hello. Uh, listeners, you might remember... Aiden from the Fade Tooth episode. Uh, Aiden, say a word. Yo, what's up? Um, my name is Aiden. Um, I've co-hosted once before, so lots of experience. Um, uh, my pronouns are they, them, and yeah, yeah. And we're gonna have some, gonna have some fun here. Um, uh, Keddie's Resort. Um, you're up there in uh, Portland. Uh, I really like the music. Uh, you're slinging and I've heard about your shows, but um, well, why don't you take just a, a moment to uh, kind of introduce yourselves, so listeners get to know you, uh, just your, your name, your role in the band and, you know, maybe like types of art you like or, you know, whatever, a little bit about you. For sure. Uh, I'm Keddy, a singer, guitar player for Keddy's Resort. I'm Shifty and I play drums. Uh, and I'm Lefty bass player and in-house caveman straight up also thank you for having us on we really appreciate it <laughs> yeah yeah my absolute pleasure um we're very very glad to, to to have you um art and philosophy program i have a lot of music and one really cool thing about the show is um a lot of a lot of portland music a lot of oregon music i've had uh blackwater holy light kind of uh psych metal um uh a dirty princess a lot of um of kind of folk music, singer songwriter uh, folk music um, from 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 Portland. Uh, tell uh, tell listeners about uh, Keddie's Resort. Like, uh, you know, what, what do you, what are you playing, and um, just kind of like what you're trying to do with your with your art, with your with your project, Keddie's Resort. Uh, yeah, we just we hop around from bill to bill, like under a bridge, or a legitimate venue with no people there and we just play fast i guess melodic alternative punk shit that's that's all i can say about that yeah i mean i think he hit it pretty much on the head like we're just pretty infatuated with playing live and uh i think our music as of recently this new album is going to reflect that but we just want to play music that we want to listen to and hopefully put on a good show. We want to entertain too. So it's like, we don't care if it's like, sometimes the worst shows you see live are like the most entertaining. So sometimes that's we'll play true. a horrible set and we're like, Hey man, but they still liked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, no, I certainly love live music. And, and speaking of which, uh, part of the reason, uh, that I brought Aiden on is he's, he's seen, he's seen, uh, Caddy's resort and, uh, Aiden, I just wanted to just wanted to ask you some 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 thoughts, or if you have any questions about like what Keddies is up to. Um, yeah. Um, so one of the questions that was kind of came off the top of my head is like, um, I've noticed that like when y'all play shows, um, like compared to your studio versions, like it it, 
it comes out different, like in almost like a, it's like it's heavier. And I was just, and I'm just kind of wondering if that's like kind of a deliberate thing or the, does that like kind of come with like more of the limitations of playing live or, or what? Like, I don't know. I think if you're recording, like if you're recording stuff in like a studio or in our sense, in like a bedroom on a laptop, there's not like a crowd there to kind of like cheer you on or like reassure you to be like, no, that was good. Keep going. Cause then if you were, if you're recording by yourself and it's bad then you're just going to kind of get like, it's not the same energy, but like if we play every time we play live, we just pretty much just like, it's kind of like a play date for us, man. What? It's fucking fun as shit. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when you're recording, you can take a lot of liberties with like what you can do sonically, you know, like you can take a lot of time with layering things and making sure different things are like highlighted. And so when you go to live, especially with only three guys, you know, you can, reach for that but at the end of the day it's like how do we just deliver the biggest impact possible and i think we sort of fell into that unintentionally you know like we just wanted to put on as energetic and good of a show as we can you know and we all and we all got our own shit going on too and like personalized and stuff like that so it's like that's kind of like a like a a form of like it's kind of like therapeutic to like just let your all your shit even if it's like bad having a terrible day it's like just knowing like you play a fucking set and like i don't know just like seeing people like run around in a crowd to like a song that you made in like 15 minutes is like the coolest feeling. Dude, there's nothing better than getting, getting fired and then like going and playing a show. It's like watching a comedian and they, and they say a joke and like they sat there for probably like a week making that joke, but then everyone gives it like a, it's like one of those jokes where it's like a round of applause. It's like, Oh, I made that in 15 minutes and you're fucking just going ham on it. It's like the most gratifying, like best thing, best feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, well, one of the things I mean, I for you know, sort of live music experiences is, is the audience, and I, I haven't been a musician despite a couple weird roads towards accordion and ukulele, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. But I'm, I've always been, I've always been a, a, a concert goer, and, and and for me, for me on the, on the emotions and the getting the shit out or getting fired and doing that or whatever's going on in your life. I've um I listen to a lot of styles of music, but like for me, I have a strong preference of like really intense or really heavy uh you know doom metal I'm really into, but like really heavy music. And um I find not only that it's like the what you get out and the energy that you need to get out, but for me, I've noticed something different when I was going to Doom shows. That shit was church. Yeah. It was like you know, it was, it was it was dark, and and some with the beats, and sometimes with the uh, kind of tribal beats with it, and the community. I you know I'm I I really like being around the doom metal community, at least in the Pacific Northwest that I've seen, kind of cool. So it's like everybody's going to music church yeah. at the same time, and oh, you yeah. see other churchgoers that. So for me, it's like really um, not only getting the energy out, but like the community and i've heard that i've heard about the getting out of the energy um at your shows what do you do so that the audience feels like they can do that is it just the music is it like an attitude it's really like all i mean we always try to bring our best to a show but it's really all about the audience because we've really realized in the past like few months how much that relationship between like what the crowd is giving you, you know what I mean? And like your job as a performer, you know, like how, how much that like impacts you, you know? 
and what that means. Like it's uh yeah. So, call and response, like a call and response, right? Yeah, like, I mean, like you could like even there's times where like we're like feeling like low energy or whatever, and we're like, oh, this show is gonna suck, or like the turnout isn't what it is, and then you get on there and start playing, and like there's like five kids that are trying to rip each other's heads off, and it's like, oh, okay, like we're in this, you know, yeah. and like it just changes, like it's almost instantaneous. Uh-huh. You yeah, know? a lot of bands uh, that I've seen, they kind of have like in their set list, they kind of have like a swell into the energy um either like in at the beginning or like halfway or whatever but um that's not really how we do shows we kind of just hit it with immediate like just like loudness and like energy which i think some people are expecting and that's like what a lot of people go to shows for so and yeah just us not really caring about how loud we are uh definitely contributes to like how much energy we bring I think yeah. Well, I think it also helps like first of all like being yourself. Like not like you can go up and kind of like perform and kind of just like play a character, but you can also just like be yourself and it's always the best thing, but it's also like the dangerous. fact of people like hearing like unreleased music too and they only know you of like what's released. So they come and see just like something that's like they've never heard before or maybe their friends like, "Hey, you have you heard this one song like Plastic Head?" Like, "Nah, man." I haven't heard it like, oh, we got to see him live to hear it. I don't know. I just like, I don't know. It's a game changer. It's completely different. Uh, Keddy's songs are real singable. You know, you can go to like one or two shows and kind of get the gist of the chorus or like the catchy part, which is a lot of catchy parts. Dude, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Nirvana. <laughs> thank, yeah. you. thank you, Nirvana. And the Ramones. And the Ramones, too. Yeah. When, when I first heard Atomic Live, like, like that, that definitely like rings true. Just like how the chorus just like will stick in your head because Atomic like couldn't get out. I couldn't get it out of my head for like two weeks straight. It's, it's so <laughs> when I joined the band, that was one of the songs that like I, I was asked to like play drums, and um, I was kind of expecting some shit, but um, just that whole Nikita album just really got me super stoked to play, and um, it was exactly right after I graduated and I needed just to like bash on some things, you know, just to go some direction. And it was like a good decision. Yeah. All that was like perfect timing it was too. Super fun. It was all perfect timing. As I'm like, I don't know if I listen back and listen to that, like compared to the new, the new album, it's the new album's really good, but I, I know people will like it, but I think it's just the fact we've played it so much. where like, now I'm kind of just like, I just want to get it the fuck out. But like, <laughs> like Makita is like, I don't know. Like, it kind of makes me sad listening to it in like a bitter, in, in like a good way though. Cause it's like, it's definitely like a, the album is pretty much just like every time I listen to it, it's, it's like a memory of me and lefties. Like, like every time we would just like before me and him fucking moved out or had girlfriends and like fucking when we had all the time in the world to just be like, Hey man, head over. And he lived five minutes away from me. We just recorded the whole fucking thing. Like every, like every weekend, every other day we'd be like, Hey, come over. I got this bass part. And I don't know. Makita's like, it's a sad. Damn, you're gonna make me shed a tear. I know. You gotta relax, dude. It is kind of sad, though. (laughs) We're too early in the podcast right now. Come on. Oh, hey. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I don't know about you, but I've been listening to our shit all the time, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of had to stop posting my like Spotify top five. You know how like every January, it's like a top five. I'm always number one. It's like my own band. I'm like, I can't fucking post this. This (laughs) is horrible. 
<laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to admit whether uh, I, that would show up the same way for podcasts when they do those release for mine. I got to get to make sure it's all right. And then I'm like, Hey, um, but no, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear, uh, to, to hear the deep connection, you know, in the music that you make and talking about when it was made in, in, in your relation, um, to it. And it's, uh, really exciting to hear about, um, you referenced, um, uh, some new um, music uh, coming out. Um, do you want to mention a few words with what you can about like what that is? Yeah. KYST, a kill yourself tomorrow. Uh, it's about 11 songs. It 12, was going to be like 12. It's going to be 15 songs, but then okay. it was 12 and we just recorded it. The album went through like it was recorded twice completely through. I think we're on like Mach 3 right now. Yeah, so this is a, the third round of recording it because the first time we did it, the hard drive failed. The second time, it just wasn't, we just weren't satisfied. And then we just decided to redo it again. And now it sounds amazing. It sounds perfect to me, but like, uh, it's just like, it's definitely, every single song is pretty much just like a, a cover up love story of just like, just like, I don't know, it's a very like toxic album, but it's like very like, I don't know. Every time I listen to it, it's a very like like a very nostalgic listen. Or listen, to, I don't know, because yeah. they're already oh. like they're, they're so old. They're like two year old songs, and like we've been playing them live, and it's like now they're finally going to be out, and now we can stop jamming the same fucking songs every time, and now we'll be able to like move on to the next chapter. So yeah, KYC is good, man. Yeah, since we've been like playing these songs for so long, and they haven't been out on like any streaming services, now that that's finally coming after like our second or third round of recording them, you know, having that, like we've had high standards um, and just, you know, like we're learning how to record DIY and um, how to, yeah, just how to play well. Um, which like, I'm glad that it's taken us this long so that we can have a better product. And that's like what it's all about. Um, it, the album consists of, Every day after work, I would just for like a nine day period, I'd go to Keddie's garage and record drums. Keddie would record vocals, guitar by himself and uh, Lefty would do his bass parts alone. And um, yeah, I'm lucky to say that I was uh, I've been like producing it, learning how to mix, which um, that's taken a bit of time, but it's definitely been worth it. But yeah, that's really good. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that sounds that sounds super. I got to tell you one thing about when I do a program uh, with musicians and then I have their music, I never want to talk too long before I play some. So that's kind of where the point we are right now. Um, so uh, we got uh, listeners, we got uh, uh, some tracks uh, from Keddie's Resort. And uh, we're going to cut to a track here, uh, K-Y-S-T, that's been mentioned. Uh, Keddie's, do you want to say anything about uh, this before uh, we pop into this track? Yeah, the whole song's about... I bought this fucking, I was in Astoria, or no, I was actually in Lincoln City, and I bought, I was in this fucking vintage antique shop, and they had this whole section of like old school life magazines, and the, the uh, this one caught my eye, and it was like a life magazine, and it said, uh, the two accused, and then it like, uh, the psychobiology of man, or something like that, and so I, I kind of just looked at the cover, didn't even open it, I've never opened it, it's still in like the sealed plastic packaging, but. I just pretty much just based the whole song off of just like the ideas that the front cover of that magazine gave me. And so it's, it's, it's a Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah. Pretty it's, much. it's just hey. so ridiculous. <laughs> it, 
it, it it's pretty much uh, it's the title track off the album but it's like it's i don't know it, it it's something all the a lot of the other songs are way better than that scooby do if you're listening that, <laughs> you know that, that, that like that one's put out as the single to be like yo this one's i but like when it comes out you'll listen you're like okay the other ones are really good instead of yeah. doing the best ones first you know yeah yeah, yeah let's uh Let's let's jump into it, uh, listeners. Uh, KYST will be back with Keddies in just a little bit. really loud over here yeah it's a loud track it's got to be normalized yeah i love how it's just like on the on the when i pull it up on the audio track like just you know how it shows like the the sound waves they're they're all just at at the that's what mastering is for like uh a part of the like learning process of mixing um there's this thing called gain staging that's really important and it means that like if you don't do it the whole track will just be clipping, which adds a lot of distortion, which is good if you want it. But um, there are some like negative sides to it, pretty much. But that's the album. It's clipping. The whole thing is really loud. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that like kind of rawness when it comes to like producing and stuff. Because I try to keep like some of my stuff that's like more low key, like kind of just like like softer and no clipping but sometimes like if i'm getting to a really heavy part in a song i just say fuck it no soft clippers nothing just let it just let it get loud you know yeah there's ways to save that um which i had to make everything quieter but then i didn't have that like extra like crispy like clipping on the guitars and it just like threw off the balance of the mix but uh so i decided to leave it and you know spotify might penalize the loudness but no I, they're not gonna get a spotify dude you spotify, don't know dude. you don't you know but like to what you said about like going like playing live like how much heavier it sounds and then versus like what kyst sounds like those were songs that came right after we uh got meshack in and then started playing live and i just noticed a real difference in like 
the sound change, like the playing live and then wanting to like almost meet that halfway, like that energy just like sort of like infects you. And so I think the album will like sort of be uh, an example of that, yeah. you know, it's like gonna, it's, it'll be like an auditory onslaught, you know, it'll sound a lot more like us live when every most of the tracks on Spotify or, or whatever are um, they were before you know, recording real drums with me and, uh, yeah, just like doing drums differently. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but like the way you go crazy on the drums, like you just go monkey mode. It's, it's insane. Dude, it's insane. monkey gorilla, gorilla warfare. I just wanted to ask, and it's always kind of like, you know, kind of the, the group of you to make, make comments but you know you're performing artists i mean what you're talking about with your art what you want to do is fucking getting people into the music and and you know that release and what it does for you but um what do you what are you trying to do uh what are you trying to do with your art and um do you have any influences art influences that you think just you dive into and show up with what you do. I'd say first before everything is definitely like a, uh, yeah, definitely first I want this to be like my job as in I'm sick of working at a fucking office, you know, it's great and all, but that'd be cool. But second of all, I just kind of want to make, we all, I think it is just like, we just want to satisfy people with like where they leave a show where like they took time out of the day to come to a show. And it's like, they left being like, I like those guys. I'll definitely see him again. Just, like, just have people have like a good fucking time. And yeah, I don't know. Well, like influences That's, like music. Like, oh yeah, and then making. influences too. Like fucking uh, the Ramones. Like me and you got so like so many like the Ramones, Smashing Pumpkins, and not even just Smashing Pumpkins, but like a fucking Billy Corgan himself. You know, fucking Jay Retard, Waves, which we actually just got to fucking play with, which was like a dream come true. And yeah, there's so many like are the Spits. King Kong and the Barbecue Show. Beck. Beck. Yeah, Beck was a big inspiration for Makita. And uh, uh, before the garden kind of like popped off, I saw him in like 2016 on the Mac DeMarco This Old Dog Tour, and they were at the Portland Zoo Lights. And uh, I saw them do – I'd never heard like drum and bass before, and I heard them do drum and bass, and they woke up the monkeys. They're like – Let's wake up the fucking monkeys Wah! on the mic and all the fucking animals and elephants, like all of them went off and it was so surreal. And then, and then like, Makita, yeah. And that's why there was like fucking like DMB songs on there. So there, we have so many influences that like, at least I do that. Like yeah. it plays a big part, but it's not even like, there's so many artists where like, I'm so inspired by and all of us are. And I think we all have the same thing, but it's like, it's not just the music that they put up, but it's a live performance. Like it's the way they like played live that's more inspiring to me. Like music can be amazing, but the way they play live is like, that's them themselves, you know? So it's like, yeah, the Ramones fucking Jay retard, all that shit. Rest in peace, Jay retard. Shout out. I, Stephen I, uh, you, you, yeah, mentioned, shout out you mentioned, uh, uh, Beck. I was just recently, I was playing for Aiden, uh, some of mellow gold, which I adore that album because Fire. I, I, I lose my mind. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, turning 51 soon so that came out and it blew my mind then but i didn't know why it did like i'm listening to now and i'm like holy shit so i i adored like i mean i like other beck as well but like mellow gold is for me is like well, I um in this i think like 
Beck for us hit so hard, especially like right around the time of Makita. I think like that's why it sounds yeah. Dude. But like I think for us it was like uh such a good synthesis of like music and culture. Like we grew up listening to like all sorts of music, like everything from Johnny Cash to like Biggie, like Suicide Boys were just coming out around that time. Like so all these different like genres and then so Beck was something from days prior that was like already touching on that, like had somehow made it all work together. And like, similarly, like we just would listen to it all the time. It would blow our minds, you know? So. I got to, I got to tell, I, I'll I'll tell a quick story. I I saw Beck um, in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And it was like right after Mellow Gold was released. And it was at this, uh, probably the coolest bar name, concert place named Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel. Was Ooh, the name of the- nice. That's yeah, good. that was the that was the name of the venue, and um, you know Beck was the the headliner, but this place is you know two thousand people maybe, and uh, one of the coolest things was you know Beck was pretty amazing, right? Particularly in that small venue, but he had this um band, and I've never seen anything like it before. It was two guys, and they were called Do Rag, and they had um the percussion was a, uh, I mean they were right from the woods. The percussion was a Bud Returnable box. So that was the percussion that they did. And the lead singer sang through like this distortion thing. And there was an oscilloscope that they wanted you to watch rather than him singing. It was the most wild thing. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, like right from the beginning, I thought I was like, man, you know, Beck goes to his first show. He's starting to break big and he brings in do rag that he probably found along the highway. So, (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're kind of at the point now where, like, where we, KYST, like, was, I think, like, a response to, like, playing live, you know, a lot of that. And, of course, like, all the other things that go into writing personal life. But um, that was great. And I think we're all sort of hitting a point now where, like, how can we take all these other new interests that we have and, like, digest them and spit them back out to people, you know, which is, like, exciting. It's, like, a whole new endeavor, which I feel like Beck was a great person at doing that over and over again you know have you seen the video of him playing at a festival and he just had like uh just like live musicians playing with him and the guy he started like playing a solo in between loser and like it was like not supposed to be like any so there's no solo in loser he does like the solo and the fucking the drummer fucks up and just keeps playing the normal beat and like beck like screams at him and shit and he's like you're fucking fired. You're fucking fired. That what he's fired. doing the slideshow? Yeah, where he's like, yeah. Brown, you know, it's like, dude, shut up, man. Like, you're fucking five foot four, man, with a bull cut. Shut up. Dude, who's doing the fight between Beck and uh, Beck and Mans from Radiohead? Radiohead? They're junkies. So Tom York. Tom York, Tom York versus Beck. Beck is sober and they're junkies, dude. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet uh, Tom York does like jujitsu or some shit. I'd beat the shit out Definitely. of Beck, dude. If he and Beck got in a fight, I'd beat the shit out of him. But I love Beck. But that would have to be like if he was like. Yeah. You like get him in a noogie and like kiss him on the forehead. A noogie? An- no, dude. <laughs> Body, all of us. No, do you, you know, Fred Durst, I think I think me and you would be such good friends with Fred Durst. Have you seen like Prob- interviews yeah. of him? Pro- probably. He's great, dude. He's yeah. good vibes. Oh, man. No, um, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how we've been led here in this conversation. <laughs> but I do tell you something about Beck. 
uh, as much as I love him, he looks like the kind of California kid that makes some smug remark that's a little bit too big for his size, like you were referring to. And it's you know, you can. <laughs> Sonic Youth is not experimental. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking yeah. face to the face. <laughs> He's like, I listen to Slint, not Sonic Youth. <laughs> I listen to Spider-Man music. All right. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the the role of art is? Right. So, I asked this question, um, and I asked this question a little bit differently now. I ask, uh, you know, with things going on in the world, things seem like topsy turvy, climate change, or like what art is doing. Is there anything different about like you know? you as artists making art or making art now that actually is different, that it, that art's role is different nowadays. What do you think? I think art's different because you make anything and like you put it out and 99.9% of the time it's going to go nowhere. And you, you're kind of forced now to do like fucking social media shit, you know, but like, I don't think it's any different in general. It's like, like you still make music. You still go to a studio and make music. You don't fucking do anything different in that way. Like, I guess with bands is different. I don't know about fucking like painters and shit like that, but like with music shit, it's just like, I think now it's all about social media and promoting and trying to beat the fucking, the outrage crowd, you know? I, I think it's, I think it's the same. It's always been, it's just taken on a new form in that like realm. But I think we consume art all the time, like everything from like landscapers to like the designs of like cereal boxes. Like I have spent so much time at grocery stores just like looking at that, you know. Um, but I think there's that kind of art, like consumer art, and it serves its purpose. And then there's like art that like we and a lot of musicians or other people are trying to make where it's like uh, you're you're trying to like sort of figure out something about yourself i think at least like through the art form and then if people gravitate towards that or like you know sort of understand that a little bit then that's just like a reward on top of like you're finding other common thinkers and things and anything bigger beyond that like that's just lucky that's happenstance you know but at the end of the day you're just you're trying to figure out something about yourself and other people you know it's yeah. like a certain amount of uh, how personal you can be with yourself and like put that into your music and other people who recognize that there's definitely like a market for being vulnerable. Um, I don't think that's changed exactly. Um, but like when people recognize how vulnerable you are and maybe it's like a different way that people have accomplished that that's what um really stands out um but yeah yeah it's always been really personal i think being in a band now is a lot different than being back then because back then there was like any show with any any band with like a buzz a fucking promoter or like a a scouter would be out and they'd just find all these bands like the vapors who did like turning japanese like those guys they were not even a band for a full year until they got fucking signed and then turning japanese was their biggest fucking song but now you could start a fucking band, record it on your laptop on GarageBand, and then post it on a fucking subreddit. And then next thing you know, you got a thousand monthly listeners the next day and like a thousand listens on your song. Like you, there's an audience that you could, even if they don't want your music, you could just fucking spam post a, 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 some forum and 99% of them will hate you. But then you gain like so many people in different states, like a bunch of people like, like I promote on fucking like, like Reddit all the time for our music and are like, 
the cities that we get through. We've never played. We've only we've never played outside of Oregon, besides Seattle one time with Waves. And but like we have listens in like the UK, Australia, like all the like just fucking yeah, a lot of in Russia. And it's like the power of the internet is like so much more different now. Where like you can really have the shittiest music ever. You can have horrible music. But some kid online, because just because you could fucking promote it on some subreddit where there's two million people on the subreddit, they all see it. You might get a hundred likes on the subreddit, but like two, uh, like a lot of, a lot more people saw it than anybody would ever realize. And like, that's the different part of it. Is like now you can really just kind of get what you want if you really just try. Back then it was kind of just luck. Now it's if you just try. Yeah, that that honestly kind of reminds me of uh, of um the pachinko death metal story where there was um like some guy found a uh this obscure like cd at like a cd record store and then someone posted it on 4chan and like and then it ended up getting like super popular and this was after like 20 years after that it had come out and then all of a sudden like like people are saying like oh get to back together and everything from this like obscure band from like the early 2000s that no one's heard in like almost 20 years and now they're like back together and like and doing Were you shows. At the, uh, aladdin theater show recently huh? I, saw, I saw him like a couple months ago really the aladdin theater yeah but can yeah I, can i, yeah, I offer, like a little bit of a different opinion on that like to the so like internet age because i think a lot of people like think that there's a lot more i mean there is um a lot more like it's easier to like get in touch with people like that's a given but i feel like it's still the same in the sense of like whether or not it connects with people isn't really up to the artist you know and like even what you're talking about like that's like still pretty new and like modern like story but like van gogh like was never recognized for anything he did until he died like 50 years or 30 years post his death and so I think that could just be sort of part of the game, you know, like you just got to make your music or your art and just hope that people connect with it. If they don't, they don't. And there's the chance that they could at a later time. But I think with the idea that you can connect on the Internet, it's great that people can do that. But I think it's still just a little bit of like screaming into the void. Like you got to do it for you. You know, you got to do it for you, man. I really dig that. I was going to, I'll throw the mic drop uh, sound effect in late. No, serious. No, serious. <laughs> No, I think that's that's really important to say because I'm an artist myself and I talk to artists all the time now. And it's such a tough thing that there's no perfect answers, but I think there's something fundamental there in like you just got to do it. Like you can't be like, oh, I should be recognized within 18 months or anything like that because there's no guarantees. And, and I think that drive to make it is really what it comes down to. Like you just gotta, you just gotta make your shit and like, you know, and, and try to get it to people's ears because if you're making it, you want, you think there's something to it, right? Like yeah. you, somebody the reason why you identify with it and you wanted to make it, you know? Yeah. So somebody else has got to share that somebody out. There's somebody for everyone. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's like the, the whole, like the whole power of the internet thing, but also like the biggest thing is don't say no. Like, just say yes to fucking every offer. Like, any show, if it's going to be anywhere, you're still going to gain one person that listens to you. And just don't – just play as many fucking – like, stand-up comedians, like, 
half of them work 10 years to even have like a fan base yeah. and they go every night, every night making $10. Like, Hey man, I could buy a hot dog and a fucking beer now. Then I'll go home and then tomorrow I'll do the same thing. And I'll, and my dinner is going to be a hot dog and a beer again. Yeah. For us, it's like, like, dude, we're literally going to like just play every single show you get offered and like to see yeah. what happens. You know, yeah. you'll gain somebody like the worst case scenario. Everybody hates you besides one person. Yeah. You got one more listener, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, the, the show is the reward. You yeah. Know? It, it's intrinsic within itself. All right. So, uh, Keddies, I, I can't let you off the hook with that, at least throwing in the big question. It's the name of the show. So I'm obligated to, to, to ask it. And I realize this might be just really throwing it in there. I don't know what's going to happen. The name of the show is something rather than nothing. The question is, why is there something rather than nothing? Because better than something is better than nothing. <laughs> That's your All new right. single. Mike, no, right. single. Recipes uh, Jay Retard. I think I think there's something because it's like we were talking about like sort of like intrinsic things. I think it's intrinsic in humans to like want to create, whether it's procreation, art, or whatever. Like we just we have to build and expand and like leave our mark so i think that's why there's always be something you know humans are evil and music is of the devil but not just like humans though. i mean like be bird, birds be like building nests and shit that'll be there for 20 years because it won't get touched by the wind or anything like why did they do that you know there's something in them that told them to do it yeah no, I, I, I really appreciate that. Hey, I'm going to turn over to uh, Aiden. And uh, recently I had interviewed uh, Marush Mazmanyan, who's I think might have even worked your merch table. Uh, That's, the man. Oh, That's the man. These are all of our merch. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, while I was doing that interview at the wonderful Lloyd Center, uh, in Portland, Oregon, Wonderful. Uh, Aiden, Aiden was there and he kind of, uh, they kind of chuckled and w- were like, uh, laughing at the question, maybe annoyed with the question. I want to know, I want to know Aiden, uh, why is there something rather than, nothing? I don't know. I've ne- I've been dreading this question for so long. Um, <laughs> but, um, I feel like I can just give it a simple answer. Just if there's nothing, then you're depressed. You got to make something. If you're just doing nothing all the time, then it's it's, it's fucking waste of your time. Do something. Be creative. You know, go outside. Take a walk. I don't know. Drink a beer. Whatever. Kick some that's something. You know, that's something. That's my yeah. answer to that. No, I dig. I I I I dig it. Um. Uh, Aiden, uh, with uh, their project uh, Polybius, uh, will be on a future uh, episode. So, uh, Aiden will have a few cracks at the questions we have. Um, Keddie's uh, Resort, Keddie's Resort, got a bunch of listeners, uh, music lovers, art and philosophy lovers. Uh, where do uh, the people find Keddie's Resort live, or you know, where, where, where do you bop around, and where do they find you online? Uh, online uh, on on Instagram, Keddies Resort seven seven seven. We're on like Bandcamp, Spotify, all that shit, and then just I think to see us live, just if you follow the Instagram, Keddies Resort seven seven seven. It's just we play everywhere, so the it, it's hard to say where we play. We literally play at 
Yeah. We'll play in like an in abandoned Portland. factory everywhere in Portland. Yeah. So, but uh, if you if you like the music, come to a show. Bring your girlfriend or your little brother, whatever you need. But do it. Definitely bring your girlfriend. Girlfriends love us. Your girlfriends love us. <laughs> all of us love us. Okay. A true, a true, true, true comment. Hey, here's the thing, uh, Keddies. Uh, we're gonna eventually put together uh, something rather than nothing festival. It's just an idea at this moment, and uh, I, I certainly wouldn't be able to have a, a festival without uh, Keddies energy. So, uh, just wanted to sink that, uh, <laughs> sink that seed. Let's do um, it. Let us know. We'll be there. We'll be there. Absolutely. Um, it's it's. it's uh, it's it's so great it's so great to 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 talk to you have a great conversation about art um we're recording in uh in uh, the summertime and uh very much look i very much look forward um to 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 seeing you live i've been uh i've seen video clips and i see enough energy and like what's with that and uh uh, I've heard that um, from Aiden. So really appreciate um, what you do. And just listeners, check out um, Keddie's Resort. Um, new music coming as well. Uh, find them on social uh, media. And for something rather than nothing, uh, always love a, a review. Um, you can find something rather than nothing on Instagram, all um, uh, podcast uh, stations and players, a worldwide show. But um uh, really, really, real heartfelt thanks to uh, Aiden Volante on the second uh, co-hosting uh, soon to be guest on uh, Polybius, which is music I I I, I just adore. And uh, Keddies, uh, any uh, final words? Uh, final words. The band name is Polybius, right? Polybius, yes. Polybius, let's, let's get a show. First of all, let's get a show. Let's book a show together. Second of all. Kill yourself tomorrow. Kill yourself tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. But the <laughs> YST is good. But remember, if you got the KYST in you, you got the American spirit. So watch out. The man's covered in money. The Jeffersons <laughs> are covered. So remember, fucking keep it real. Be yourself. Keep fucking shit up. I'm ready for the WWE match. <laughs> Fuck oh, yeah, dude. dude. Rick Flair's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, people, we may be having a show here soon in a in a in a wrestling ring. It's at a hot dog place. It's like a it, it's a play. It's like a hot dog uh, restaurant or a restaurant, whatever you call that. So it's, like, it's it's just a hot dog place at that point, and they have uh, a wrestling rink inside. This is a very pro uh, wrestling podcast. Have not had wrestlers, but I am pleased to announce a future upcoming episode. We got three right now with with uh, <laughs> all right with. With uh, one of the original American gladiators from the uh, <laughs> famous show from the 1990s, Ice will be joining no than nothing uh, in 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 the future. So, uh, pro wrestling, uh, pro gladiator, uh, Keddies, uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much for coming on the program. Thank of you course. for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Aiden. Again, it would be improper for me to comment. <laughs>
I gave up on love and happiness a long time ago. rather than nothing.